Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I am your host today, Dan Wilson, coming to you on this Tuesday, April 18th, 2023, a day following uh, the Phillies rained out in Chicago, or I guess it's not necessarily a rain out, but more of a weather out if you take a look at some of the conditions they've been having out there in the Midwest, uh, listening to Fransky. Uh, and Kevin France and discuss it on the radio broadcast on Sunday. It seems like a pretty nasty day there in Chicago yesterday. Uh, winds, 20-degree temperatures, uh, and not suitable for baseball, certainly here uh, in the middle of April. And that tends to happen in cities like Chicago, the Northeast, uh, here in the early going. But uh, nevertheless, we have a doubleheader here today. Gotta love it. Gotta love two games of baseball. And back to nine innings of baseball, not as we saw a couple of years ago, where it used to be two games of seven-inning baseball. Uh, but since there is no game to react to, no immediate game to react to, and you know they're coming off that split they had in Cincinnati and uh, just a general off day that wasn't necessarily scheduled, and now they have two games today followed by a game tomorrow night in Chicago to wrap up this three-game series. Their only trip to uh, the Chicago White Sox this season. Obviously, they'll go back to Chicago in a couple months to play the Cubs, and the Cubs will travel to Citizens Bank Park uh, later this season as well. Kind of wanted just to take a look at where the Phillies are as of this point. The, the Phillies are 6-10. and 10. Uh, They're coming off well four games into a road trip. They have a 2-2 two, two and two split. Uh, they came home for a homestand in which I thought, among many others, that that would be an opportunity for them to really you know write this season around. They start out 1-5 and five, uh, on a road trip to begin the season in Texas and New York. They come home, have a 3-3 three and three homestand, and you know that was disappointing to me. I thought there were a number of games. At worst, they should have been 5-1. and one. Uh, in that homestand. And then you look at this past weekend in Cincinnati, 2-2, two and two, uh, and certainly some self-inflicted wounds there, and you would expect them to do better against the Reds as well. Now they have a chance to play the Cincinnati White Sox, and as we take a look at the season as a whole, the debate is how much of this is what the Phillies actually are, how much do you hit the panic mode. I want to take a look at the three reasons why the Phillies are in this position, because I do think it's concerning where the Phillies are as of right now. The Phillies are 6-10, and 10. and yes, I know, it's a 162-game season, and they've played 16 games. So, you know, simple math, they're right around the 10% mark. So they're going to do this nine more times. I get it. And I get that baseball is a long season, and they didn't start out well last year, and they were, you know, 21 and 29, and you fire the manager. And, and there are plenty of marks that have been come back from either by the Phillies or you think back to the Nationals from a couple of years ago or a variety of teams around Major League Baseball who don't look good for a couple of months. It, I'm not saying it can't be done. But the way in which they're losing and the reasons in which they're losing is what I want to take a look at today and why I think it is concerning. I'm going to give you the top three reasons why I feel the Phillies are in this position 
and have been playing losing baseball up to this point. Number one, it's the starting pitching. Now, I know there are injuries to the starting rotation, and this rotation looks a little bit different than it did a year ago. Zach Wheeler returns as the ace of the staff. Aaron Nola returns uh, to the staff as well as kind of the 1A, 1B duo. We'll get to them in a second. Bailey Falter returns in a starting role this season. Obviously was not didn't have a starting role for all of last season, but when push came to shove at the end of the year and made a number of starts throughout the season, oftentimes the guy they would call up for the day of a doubleheader or things of that nature, but he had experience from starting a year ago. So he's in your starting rotation right now, Taiwan Walker, who they acquire in the offseason, and currently Matt Strom, who is starting because Ranger Suarez is still on the injured list. Let's take a look at why the Phillies are in this position. Only four times this season has a Phillies pitcher gone six innings. And exactly zero times has a Phillies starting pitcher recorded a singular out in the seventh inning. Now I know this is the year 2023 and managers... Are, have a little bit of a quicker hook than they used to, and bullpens are more utilized. But over the course of a 162-game season, you have to get some length out of your starting rotation. And the Phillies just simply have not gotten that. They've gotten disappointing starts left and right, and it seems like when there's one guy who has a good start and goes six innings, the following day, you're asking your bullpen to record 15 outs for you. And I'm super concerned. First doubleheader of the year here tomorrow, or later today, I should say, in Chicago. And they have 18 outs innings worth of outs to get, assuming they're going to win the games. You know, if they lose, then maybe they won't have to pitch the bottom of the ninth. But this bullpen is going to be wiped, and I mean wiped, absolutely taxed at the end of the day, if they don't get some length from their starters. You take a look at Wheeler, has an ERA above four, hasn't gone through the sixth inning more than once. Aaron Nola, his ERA is nearly six. His continues, absolutely continues to break down in the fifth or sixth inning. He hasn't given them a ton of length, though I believe he's gone uh, into the sixth inning twice. Bailey Falter looked decent his first two starts, roughed up in start number three. Taiwan Walker finally got through the fifth and had a quality start in Cincinnati, but didn't look good until that most recent outing. And Matt Strom, he did what he was asked the first few times out, going four and five innings respectively, but then he can't get through three innings uh, in his most recent start against the Reds. You're asking way, way, way too much out of your bullpen at the moment. These guys are getting chased early in games, fourth, fifth, sixth inning consistently. Rob Thompson's needing to make a switch. And this bullpen is pitching half the games. And this isn't excusing it. The bullpen's been disappointing as well. But maybe that's part of the reason why the bullpen ERA for the Phillies has been second worst in all of Major League Baseball. Ironically, the worst, the team they're playing today, the Chicago White Sox. So and when I take a look at reasons why this team is not where it needs to be at the moment, why they've started out 6-10 and 10 and looked really, really sloppy and are giving up unnecessary runs, why don't we look at the starting pitching not giving enough depth, not going deep into games, not going as deep as they need to. And it's, it irks me to no end when you hear a guy like Zach Wheeler openly complain about the pitch clock or excuses made for a guy like Aaron Nola having to adjust to the pitch clock as if they didn't have all of spring training to do it. And every other pitcher in Major League Baseball isn't doing the same thing. So that's reason number one. The starting pitching absolutely needs to go deeper, needs to keep them in games more consistently. And again, I'm not asking, it's not the early 90s or the 80s or when guys are going eight, nine innings consistently. I get not everyone's Roy Halladay and can just give you nine innings of shutout baseball on any given day. That's not what I'm asking for here. 
I'm asking for a singular out to be recorded in the seventh inning. I'm asking for more consistency, more consistent quality starts. A guy like Joe Blanton, who I think two years ago on the 08 team, yeah, he would allow a couple runs in just about every start, but that guy was a quality starts machine. He'd give you six innings, three runs, just perfectly consistent. You knew what you were getting each and every night. I would kill for that consistently in the starting rotation right now. And the Phillies simply are not getting it. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, it's the timely hitting. If I look up and down this lineup and you look at guys' numbers or you even looked at the team stats as a whole, on base percentage, slugging percentage, even batting average. They, you know the Phillies have the best batting average in all of Major League Baseball right now? You know they have 75 runs scored, which is you know, among the leaders in Major League Baseball. I believe it comes in... Uh, 11th, so a little bit above average, but just around around the top 10. They've top five in on-base, top five in slugging, but they're also top five in leaving runners and scoring position. That's where I was going with that. They have, there's a number of guys who have started out the season really, really well. Can't say enough about how Bryson Stott has just emerged as one of the best hitters in baseball here in the early going. He's been promoted to the leadoff role, continues to hit, has a 16-game hitting streak to start the season. I'll talk a little bit more uh, about that later on in the show. But that guy's a hitting machine right now. Nick Castellanos has looked much more locked into the plate here in 2023. Alec Bohm has looked really, really good. Trey Turner, for the most part, has looked really, really good. Now, this team isn't hitting the ball out of the ballpark. The home run numbers are lacking, but they're getting hits. They're getting on base. They're getting traffic on the bases. They're leaving those guys on base. And there's no other way to say it. You have to be able to hit with runners in scoring position. You have to be clutch every once in a while. You have to have some timely hits. I mentioned the Phillies have scored 75 runs here in their first 16 games. They also score in clusters. Like when it rains, it pours. They've scored 29 runs in just two games alone. 15 runs against the Marlins a week, you know, back on Monday. Uh, February or April 10th, I should say. So, you know, a little more than a week ago. And then just on Sunday, they score 14 runs after a nine-run first inning in Cincinnati in a game where David Bell seemed to be waving the white flag on behalf of the Reds early, just leaving his starter out there basically to die, getting him up into the high 80s in terms of his pitch count and letting the Phillies score all over them. But they bring 13 hitters to the plate and score nine runs in one inning. When the momentum gets going, it's really, really fun to watch. This offense is certainly capable of it, but the amount of runners they're leaving on base is incredibly concerning, and it's a recipe for losing baseball. So that's reason number two. And reason number three, and this is perhaps the most concerning, I don't think it's the number one or number two reason why the Phillies are in this position, but it's perhaps the most concerning to me, just the general macro outlook of the team, is this team continues to play dumb baseball. It got overshadowed because it happened on Saturday and the Phillies came back and looked really, really good on Sunday and, you know, it kind of got washed away with the weekend. And, you know, if you look at it from a Philadelphia sports perspective, the Sixers won and there are a number of other things going on. So it's not going to be the lead headline in any media outlet. But Trey Turner runs into another, not Turner specifically, but Trey Turner contributes to the Phillies running into another out on the bases the other day. And this time it was for lack of effort. Hits a ball to the shortstop ball, gets past the first baseman, and he has seen A, not running out of the box hard, and B, running to second base, jogging. That's concerning. And that's now nine single, nine separate times, nine individual times, the Phillies have run 
into and out on the bases this season. That that type of stuff, A, absolutely can't happen. And B, at a certain point, when you're running into outs on the bases, when you have guys who are not hustling, especially, I mean, that's really, really concerning. When you have guys not picking up signs, rounding third base, and again, usually it's from over-aggression, but over the weekend, we saw a real lack of effort with Turner, as I mentioned. At some point, the manager needs to step in, into that leadership role, into that leadership role that we know they're lacking. Bryce Harper's on the shelf. Reese Hoskins is on the shelf for the majority, if not all, of the season. And those are two leaders in the in the clubhouse. Just listen to anyone talk about these guys. And I know they're still around the team. I know they're still trying to impact this ball club in, in any possible way that they can. But it's obviously not the same. It's not the same when Hoskins is doing rehab and getting treatment and Harper's now in the dugout with, <laughs> with some sort of gold thumb that Bryson Stott postgame was a little elusive and discussing it. It's kind of a funny thing that we'll see how long that makes a run here in the dugout. But when the leaders on the team are now no longer there, and I'm not asking anyone to go full old school and go into the clubhouse and dump over the Gatorade bucket or start throwing things. And I get that Rob Thompson isn't that type of guy to begin with. He's a very even-keeled, low you know, maintenance, low manner type of guy, kind of got a dry sense of humor and seems to be pretty reserved when it comes to expressing himself. But at a certain point, doesn't it reflect the manager when when the team continues to make dumb baseball mistakes and dumb, in this case, effort mistakes? And it doesn't seem like anyone's being held accountable. The fact that Bryson Stott runs into a dumb out earlier in the week because he takes too wide of a turnaround first base and gets backpicked by Segura. The fact that Trey Turner is now jogging into second base and is out because of it at what point do losing the fundamentals of you know within your entire team Marsh not picking up a sign Schwarber not picking up a sign Nick Castellanos running into a dumb out I'm listing all of the notable examples we've already seen this season in which the Phillies haven't been playing like a winning baseball team they have been making mistakes that losing teams make that teams who shoot themselves in the foot consistently make This team seems to be lacking something in the leadership department right now, and I have no choice but to look at the manager. If this were Joe Girardi a season ago, he'd be getting killed for non-fundamental and undisciplined baseball. The the same should absolutely go for Rob Thompson. I get he was the spark a year ago and got promoted in June and ended up turning the season around and leading the team to the World Series. Guess what? To an extent, I don't necessarily care what he did a season ago. I know that's why he's here. I understand that there's a level of cachet that comes with that, and this guy's going to be in the National League dugout come July at the All-Star game. But, my man, you got to, you know, you went to the, <laughs> the World Series a year ago. If your team comes out looking sloppy and unprepared in a number of cases here in the first 15, 16 games of the season, that has to be addressed. And when you lose one of your leaders in the clubhouse, again, I know you're not super vocal as a manager either, but you absolutely have to step into that leadership role and, and address these issues really, really fast. That's not something that can continue to happen, in my opinion. The Phillies will continue to lose games, in my opinion, and they're not even playing like the top of the league. They're playing the Cincinnati Reds. You think the Phillies are going to win games against other playoff teams where the margin of error is so incredibly slim? You think the Phillies are going to go down to Atlanta 
and go win a game in which they run into outs? Like, absolutely not. So I think when when the team is doing well, yes, give the manager credit. He steps in, and we heard so much about what a difference he was in that clubhouse when things were going well a season ago because it was just a refound energy. Or maybe a newfound energy would be a better way to describe it because Joe Girardi wasn't giving them that spark they needed, and he turned the season around. Well, guess what? When things are going poorly and the product on the field becomes sloppy again, where are you now? Let's see Rob Thompson manage through some adversity here. It's something that absolutely needs to change. So again, top three reasons. Starting pitching, time, lack of timely hitting, lack of clutch hitting, and Rob Thompson. I believe those are the top three reasons why the Phillies are in this position. And by the way, when it comes to Rob Thompson, there's a few things in terms of managing the team on the field that I've taken issue with as well. I don't think they're necessarily as big of an issue as you know, the team not hustling or running into dumb outs on the bases or seeming mentally checked out in some cases. But I wish they would more consistently, and it seems like it's trending in this direction, as Bryson Stott did it the other day against the lefty, consistently keeping Bryson Stott in that leadoff role, despite who, whether it's a righty or a lefty on the mound, managing a little bit more with feel. I think, you know, analytics and information and data and righty-lefty matchups are a good way to manage in some cases and certainly should factor into the equation. But I would like to see him more of an everyday leadoff role as long as he continues to hit the, the baseball like this. I would like to see Brandon Marsh in more of an everyday starting center fielder role instead of Christian Pache, you know, platooning with him. I don't think that really makes a ton of sense. I think he's uh, just about a liability at home plate. Uh, when he's batting up there. So I'd like to see Marsh in more of an everyday role. I'd like to see Stott in more of an everyday role. I don't want to see Alec Bohm, you know, hitting seventh in the lineup, those kinds of things. So there are some tweaks I would make to, you know, Rob Thompson's lineups here early uh, in the season. And obviously it, he's working with a little bit of a uh, a slanted, a slippery slope. And that's not really a way to put it. More of a an uphill battle, I should say, in terms of what he's managing with the bullpen. There's a number of times that he has to go to non-leverage relievers in cases where games are still within reach and the starter doesn't give him nearly as much as he would have hoped and you have to bring in Andrew Vasquez in the fifth inning and you were hoping that your starter would have taken you to the seventh or the eighth even in some cases. I mean, even take a look at Monday's game when Aaron Nola can only give you, I'm saying only can give you six innings as if that's not tying the most that any Philly starter has given them this season. But you have a nine-run lead and you're supposed to be you know, one of the aces of the staff. It would have been nice if Nola could have gone a little bit deeper into that game. It would be nice if, on at least some occasions, the starter could go into the seventh and actually record some outs for you, so that way you can turn it over to your leverage guys. And those guys haven't necessarily been great either. I mean, Alvarado's looked phenomenal, but I'm talking about the, you know, the Craig Kimbrels and the Sir Anthony Dominguez's of the world have not been stellar as well, but it's not going to work if you're going to your bullpen that early, that consistently. That I don't necessarily blame Rob Thompson for as much. It's more so that lineup stuff. Uh, And hopefully he's in situations where he can actually micromanage the bullpen a little bit more so he's not taxing these guys day in and day out. Uh, And that's certainly going to start with a day like today uh, in a doubleheader when he's got 18 innings to get through and, you know, two starters who can hopefully uh, go into these games. We will tell you who's starting or deep into those games, I should say. We'll tell you who's starting those games. I'll take a look at you know Bryson Stott's hitting streak, uh, as I mentioned, uh, and also preview just this overall series with the White Sox on the other side. You are listening to the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson. Welcome back to the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson, coming to you 
on the morning of the first Phillies doubleheader in the year 2023, playing out at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago against a team uh, in the White Sox, not the Cubs, of course. To make, Phillies making two trips to Chicago this season, one here in mid-April, uh, dealing with some weather issues, which for years the Phillies have had tons of weather issues, and many teams across baseball uh, out at Wrigley, and this time going to Chicago as interleague play expands, and they have more games against teams like the Chicago White Sox or the Texas Rangers or uh, the New York Yankees, who they've already played here this season. So they make a trip to Chicago for the third interleague series of the year. The pitching matchups uh, for this doubleheader, Zach Wheeler against Lance Lynn in Game 1. Uh, Zach Wheeler comes in with an ERA just above 4. Lance Lynn with a 7.31 ERA, and then in Game 2 it'll be Bailey Falter uh, with his 4.8 ERA and Lucas Giolito at a flat 6. Uh, really quick on the offense, obviously these are two very hittable pitchers, not having you know anything spe- not having great starts to the year. I understand ERAs are certainly slanted and easily impacted this early in the season. Uh, but, but these are two guys who the Phillies, you know, I would expect the offense, or I would hope the offense uh, can show up in these games and not just prove that the last time they had 15 runs in a game or 14 runs as they did against the Cincinnati Reds, they came back with a bit of a dud uh, the following day. So maybe that off day will affect things, but we'd certainly like to see the, bat- the bats going early and often in the series. And then in terms of managing the bullpen, I mean, Zach Wheeler's only gone through six once this season. Bailey Falter has yet to do it. They will have the 27th man. They'll have a roster move uh, to make before this doubleheader. So they'll get an extra arm in there. But, you know, these are the types of days where Wheeler, like, absolutely has to give you, like, at least six. Hopefully, maybe he can even go seven. I know he's not a huge fan of this pitch clock, and he's not ha- he hasn't had the same zip on his pitches, and maybe he's getting a little bit more fatigued more quickly, but... You know, again, all these pitchers are dealing with this here in the year 2023. It's not just Zach Wheeler. It's not just about you. So I, I would really hope that in game one, Wheeler can give them some length, give the bullpen, uh, you know, for the most part, a little bit of a game off so they can focus game two because they're likely going to need it uh, behind Falter. So that is the situation here in Chicago. And then one other thing to note that as a result of this game getting wiped on Monday, so now they have two guys going on Tuesday. So uh, on Saturday's game, so in the case of Saturday's game, uh, they're going to need a, a starter because obviously Wheeler and Falter uh, both pitching on Tuesday, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, both of them would be on three days rest. Uh, on Saturday, they're going to pr- likely need a sixth starter, so certainly uh, look out for that as they will host the Colorado Rockies uh, this coming weekend. They're, they're going to have a starter who probably hasn't made a start so far this season uh, to start that game against the Rockies as a result of this game getting wiped. So look for the you know, the roster move prior to the doubleheader today for the 27th man and also look for who starts uh, on Saturday in Colorado. But the biggest thing for right now is just length and, you know, eating innings. And usually I hate the cliche, the innings eater, because you say that about guys like a Taiwan Walker who, you know, it's not necessarily going to go out there and be great, but can give you some length. The Phillies have not been getting length out of their starting rotation so far this season. That is not the fault of Rob Thompson. He's dealing with the card he's been dealt. Uh, so hopefully Zach Wheeler, I and I would expect most people have more faith of him to go deep into a game than Bailey Falter. Certainly look for him. That might be the key to you know winning or coming out at least with one win uh, and not taxing your bullpen too much in this doubleheader. Zach Wheeler needs to give length. That's the number one thing I want to see there in Chicago in these first two games. That'll do it for today's episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I will be back with you tomorrow reacting to the doubleheader and all you know the 18 innings of fun. Uh, as Ernie Banks once said, let's play two. Love doubleheaders. Obviously, it's very unique to baseball. No other sport can this happen. Uh, so I very much look forward to uh, a day fun f- fill- filled with fun in baseball. 
Uh, and hopefully, maybe the Phillies can even come away with two wins. I know it doesn't happen super often, uh, and sweeping doubleheaders is hard, but uh, that would be really, really fun and certainly would change the mood around here. Uh, turning a 6-10 and 10 team into an 8-10 and 10 team really fast. So, Phillies have a prime opportunity to do it. Let's hope they can. Again, this has been the Phillies Today podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wilson. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.